Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome everybody to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed. My faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. No matter what you may have been dealing with or how bad it is, it's not bigger than God. And the greater one inside you can enable you to overcome it. So we're going to believe God today that the Word of God feeds us, just like we were confessing, and that strength comes into us just as real as if you were weak in your body because you hadn't eaten, and you get some really good nourishing food, and you, you, you begin to eat it. Well, just right away, it affects your body and, and strength would begin to come back if you had gotten weak and, and, and brightness and you begin to get some energy back. And Well, spiritual things are just as real as the natural things. And so Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So let's believe God for his words to feed us and come into us and, and lift us up today, right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we release faith for everybody that you would that should see and hear this to be drawn to it or it sent and reaching them and open our ears and eyes and hearts and help us to, to hear you and to see you and to learn your will and your ways and to receive of your goodness. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you turn in our great textbook again today to scriptures that we've been looking at concerning one of these individual accounts of healing in the ministry of Jesus. Luke 8 we'll go to and then also Mark 5. We're studying one by one the, all of the individual cases of healing and deliverance that are recorded in the four gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we've already studied uh, six of these, and they're available online. You can go and, and, and get to those quickly. It won't cost you anything, no charge. And we're working our way through all of them, and we've reached number seven now, which is the healing of Jairus' daughter. Matthew records it in Matthew 9, but for time's sake, we're going to start again with Luke 8 and 41. Luke 8 and 41. The scripture says, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had one only daughter about 12 years of age, and she lay a-dying, but as he went, the people thronged him. The story picks up again in verse 49. It said, While he yet spoke, 
there comes one from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, Your daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save or except Peter and James and John and the father and the mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her, talking about the young girl. But he said, weep not, she's not dead, but sleeps. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out and took her by the hand and called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again. And she arose straightway. And he commanded to give her food. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. Go over to Mark chapter 5. Let's look at Mark's account. Like we had said, um, each one of these adds detail that the other did not. And so when you put all three together, you get a much uh, fuller picture. Mark 5 and 22 says, Behold, there comes one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And that's why we had said earlier, when you put all these together, he, uh, uh, he knelt before him and besought him and also uh, fell out, uh, prostrated himself in front of him, apparently. He besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Don't you like how definite, and right, and how, how positive, uh, and, and you've, you've got to uh, remind yourself, uh, Jairus didn't have the benefit of even having the New Testament like we do. Um, he just had heard and maybe even seen some things that had happened in the ministry of Jesus. He had, had seen people get healed and delivered or, and or heard about people getting healed and delivered. He's the ruler of the synagogue. And um, so you know that people that attended the synagogue had heard about Jesus' ministry and, and people in the synagogue had been healed and ministered to. So he knew about it. And he is so confident that he, he declares she shall live. She will live. Praise God. Faith knows ahead of time the outcome. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it's not based on wishful thinking. It's based on faith in God, in His character, in His faithfulness, in His power. And if we skip down to verse, uh, verse 24, Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. Like we had said before, um, if you look up these words, it talks about that he was, um, the crowds, the NIV says, almost crushed him. And Luke's account in the Amplified says, the people pressed together around him 
almost suffocating him. Well, um, you got to remember the reason we start off in a couple of verses and then skip down uh, several verses. Those verses in between is where the woman with the issue of blood pressed through the crowd. Now it gives you more in, in understanding of that, doesn't it? It, it? it wasn't easy for anybody to get through this crowd. This was a big crowd and they had jammed themselves together. And um, uh, that's why when Jesus said, somebody touched me, <laughs> you remember that? That his, his, his whole crew was like, well, of course, Lord, somebody, people are touching you on every side. And yet he was talking about a very specific touch, the touch of faith. And um, we see that even though there was this situation of this massive pressing crowd, when Jairus came and, and worshipped him and made this request with this declaration of faith, it interrupted what the Lord was doing and where he was going. And he just put that on hold and said, we will come. Let's go. It wasn't convenient. <laughs> it wasn't easy. You've got to somehow make your way through this pressing huge crowd, suffocating type crowd. But uh, it's why the account is in the book. Does the Lord care about faith? Does faith get the Lord's attention? You know, they, uh, it's said that Brother Smith Wigglesworth uh, used to remark that there was something about faith that would cause God to pass over a million people to get to you. And you might say, well, what? Isn't that being a respecter of persons? No, it's being a respecter of faith. Not the same thing. And you see scriptures that talk about the eyes of the Lord are searching and scanning throughout the whole earth, looking. For what? To show himself strong on the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. The King James says wholeheartedness is what is described here. And you can see uh, this, this is uh, identifying of faith and conviction and persuasion. No wavering and ambiguity and uncertainty. Uh, if, the, if Jairus had been that unsure, he wouldn't have even have come. He, he wouldn't have braved this massive crowd, right? He, he wouldn't have done all this. He certainly wouldn't have come and fell down in front of Jesus and worshiped if he didn't think it would do any good. So we see faith in the very beginnings of this thing, don't we? The very fact that he comes to Jesus shows faith. And the fact that he falls down and worships shows faith. The, the fact that he would even ask Jesus to come under these circumstances shows faith. And the fact that he makes a declaration, she will live, <laughs> absolutely shows faith. Uh, and, and like we were saying on yesterday's class, worship was the way to the rest of it. 
the miracle and the healing began not when Jesus got to the house. It began right here where Jairus went to Jesus and fell down and worshipped and made his request. That's where it started. Well, in uh, uh, this same account here, we're, we're there in verse 24, down in verse uh, 35, while he yet spoke, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, your daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. Now, why would he tell him, don't be afraid, be not afraid? Why would he lead with that? Well, you just go back to the previous phrase. What did, what did they just hear? They just came and told him, she's dead. It's over. And so the first thing that needed to be dealt with was what? Fear. The fear... Fear of failure, fear of death, fear of loss. In Hebrews it says that the Lord took on flesh like us and became like other men and he through death destroyed the one that had the power of death, that is the devil, so that he might deliver those who through all their lifetime through fear of death were subject to bondage through fear of death. Fear of death is one of the strongest evils and negatives and tormenting things in this life. And fear of death is actually fear of loss. And it is fear of irrecoverable loss. It is fear of losing something that can't be replaced and something that can't be recovered. And it's sad that many people on the planet, they believe death is the end, cessation of existence, darkness, nothing. But it's not true. Death is not the end, which is why we see the Lord say, uh, she's not dead, <laughs> she's sleeping. Well, he wasn't just referring to her spirit sleeping because we read later, we were already read from Luke, her spirit had gone somewhere else, had left her body. But her body is sleeping. And why would you call it that? Because it's not the end of that body either. There will be a resurrection. That body's coming back. But... Uh, if you live in, in fear of death as the end, irrecoverable loss. That's why people mourn uh, when, they, when somebody dies, and, and especially somebody that they know and are close to, they sometimes, they, they never get over it in this lifetime. They, they're incapacitated for a length of time. Why? Because they believe they have lost something forever that can never be recovered. And it was one of the most precious things in their life. They believe a lie. And that lie torments them. But 
that's why we see the words where Jesus leads with this, don't be afraid. Don't yield to this lie. Don't yield to this belief that this is it. This is the end. It's over. There's no help. There's, there, there's no hope. Don't believe that lie. Don't, if you're not afraid, it can only be because you don't believe the lie. There's got to be something stronger than the fear to overcome the fear. And it is faith. Faith in God is stronger than the fear of death, the fear of irrecoverable loss. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Say it out loud. Don't be afraid. afraid. Only believe. believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Only believe. He suffered no man to follow him save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he comes to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and sees the tumult and them that wept and wailed greatly. Now again, why are they doing that? Fear of death. And now they, she's dead. It's over. There's no hope. But there was hope. <laughs> you know, she, our little girl is gone. But it wasn't the end of the little girl. Even if you hadn't known that her body was going to be restored, she still exists. We, we read in the book of Luke, her spirit came back. Well, her spirit was still existing, right? Somewhere. Still her. And so, just knowing these things delivers you from this vexing, tormenting fear of irrecoverable loss. And when you realize I'm going to be around forever. Helps you relax. You're like, I'm going to be around a long, long, long time. Actually, this life is the shortest thing we're going to do. It's just like a mist, like a vapor, the scripture says. And all of our loved ones and everybody that's saved and knows the Lord Uh, if they've already passed on, they're not just in our past. They're in our future. Soon and very soon. We're going to be reunited. And the scripture says that we'll, we'll always be that way with the Lord. That means we will never be separated again throughout the ages to come. If you believe that, you don't sorrow like those who have no hope. You don't, you don't despair like you've lost the most precious thing in your life and it's gone forever. It's lost forever. It's not true. I said it's not true. So he, uh, he came in and he said, verse 39, why make you this ado and weep? The damsel's not dead, but sleeps. And they laughed him to scorn. And he fixed that. He put them all out. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> um, the scripture says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
And no matter how long you've been in the things of God or what with God, you still need further mind renewal. Uh, you shouldn't think I've come to the place where now I think exactly like the Lord about everything. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, we're, we're still developing and that's why the Bible says you, that your mind needs to be renewed. Do you remember when uh, the angel came in the, in the book of Genesis to Abraham and to Sarah to tell them about that they're going to have a child? And Sarah, you know, was back in the tent when she heard this. And you know her response. She laughed. And uh, the Lord said, uh, why did you laugh about that? And she was scared. She said, I didn't laugh. He said, yeah, you did. <laughs> you laughed. Why am I talking about that? Well, they laughed. What are they laughing at? Uh, the Lord came in on the scene. And death is dominating this environment. Death and grief and fear and bitterness and hopelessness. I mean, you could, you could hear it before you got to the house. You could feel it. But Jesus walks in and just interrupts all of this grief. And he says... What are you doing? What's all this carrying on and, and crying? She's not dead. She sleeps. And look how fickle human nature is. They went from grieving and sobbing to laughing and mocking just like that. Which shows you how unstable unbelief is. It just swings from this extreme to that extreme. Always talks about how it feels. I just, I just feel like, and, and I just don't feel like, and, and, but I feel really strongly about, but it doesn't make it true because you feel that way. Feelings and thoughts come from different places and they can be absolutely wrong and lies. You can even feel it's so real, but it just shows you how real spiritual forces are. And that's when you've got you to have something in your life stronger than your feelings to help get you back on the right track. And you need to be able to say, no, no, the Lord said this. So it doesn't make any difference what I feel. This is true, no matter how I feel about it. And that will keep you from being unstable. But the laughing revealed the unbelief. When he's, he's not uh, scared of death, he's not hopeless. Jesus walks into the place. He walks into the house and he interrupts their grief. He says, what are you doing? Quit this. Stop this. She's not dead. Well, they thought, well, she's dead. We know she's dead. Doctor pronounced her dead. X amount of time, you know. She's not dead. She's just sleeping. Body's sleeping. And so immediately they erupt in laughter. They came to mourn and stayed to mock. 
Can you see that? You know, so many times people are so aware of their perception of public opinion, especially in our social media age. Everybody's wondering about the likes and how many likes and who posted what and what did so-and-so say and so-and-so's comments about it. And you can spend all your time reading comments and posts and this and that, and you are foolish if you do. Because who said they're right about anything that they're posting about and commenting about? And where did they get their information from? And and then where did they get their information from? No, that makes you unstable. And it makes you seeking approval and seeking popularity and and, and trying to estimate yourself, if I'm right or not, by how many people think I'm right or not. And we're going to see this as we go later on, but the majority is almost always wrong. Just, Just look around and think. The majority, you'll find, especially concerning spiritual things, especially I'm talking about spiritual things, the majority is almost always wrong about spiritual things and trusting God and following God and believing God. And so you just got to uh, prepare yourself. If you're going to seek God, you're going to hear from God, He's going to tell you some things. That will sound impossible. (laughs) He's going to show you some things that he wants to do for you and with you. And if you say it in front of other people, you just need to be ready to be laughed at, made fun of, mocked, ridiculed. But Jairus did not let that move him because Jesus did not let that move him And they just put them all out. They put them all out. Went on in there. And got that miracle. Hallelujah. If you're going to have something different. Than most of the world has. You got to do something different. Than most of the world is willing to do. You got to believe something different. You got to listen to something different. You got to say something different. If you're saying the same thing everybody else is saying and believing and doing, you're going to get the same thing everybody else is getting. And everybody's not getting miracles from God. But faith does. I said faith does. And we are faith people. We, we are faith children of a faith God. Hallelujah. And we believe anything's possible with God. And everything's possible with God. And it's not too late even though it said it's too late. It's not hopeless, even though people feel like it's hopeless. It can be, and if we trust God, it will be changed. Hallelujah. Changed. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for working miracles in my life. I will believe something the world laughs at. I will trust you, no matter who scoffs about it. That's it for today. 
As you can see, we're not nearly done. Come back with us tomorrow. We'll see you soon here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 